Welcome back to The Francisca Show, a Jewish coffeehouse podcast, where we encourage fellow artists and entrepreneurs to collaborate and support each other while sharing their stories. I am Francisca, a singer, composer, music producer, coach, and also your host. I really hope you enjoyed this last episode that was the panel, whether you watched it live on Zoom, on Facebook, or by listening to this podcast. Thank you so, so much. And again, to everyone who has been reaching out, thank you so much. This is what makes this work so fulfilling, so exciting. So please keep reaching out. Or if you haven't yet, please do reach out. My email is franciscakay at gmail.com. One of the things that many artists and artpreneurs struggle with is becoming influential, becoming famous, or growing their Instagram follower or online platform to growing their audience. So I really was very inspired and excited to interview Asia Style, also known as Eliana Leidenheim. Just to give you some background, Eliana has 82.5 thousand followers on Instagram. She is monetizing from Instagram. She is someone we call who made it or who has an audience that she can monetize from. And I think there's so much as artpreneurs that we can learn from her. And of course, she's a designer, which brings her into the arts field as well. So I really hope this episode is valuable to you. However, I would like to differentiate from you. There is a difference between a large audience and converting your audience into paying clients. So this is a lot of the work that I do with my clients. And I think you'll appreciate the conversation we have toward the end where she does talk about how to grow your audience and how to determine who buys their followers and why buying followers is really can really be damaging to your brand. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. And without any further ado, here's the show. And here we are. Welcome to the Francisca Show with Eliana Leidenheim, a.k.a. Asia Style. Yeah. Influencer (laughs) and designer. Finally, I'd like to give just some backstory on the scheduling here. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I think this is our fourth or fifth attempt. I don't know. Yeah, too many. <laughs> too many. That's totally correct. And uh, I'm just, it's such an honor to finally have you. I Thank you. Have, I've been following you and we're connected semi to the same Valley Canoe Lower Marin area. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been living there? Uh, five years now. Oh, wow. We love it here. Yeah, it's really nice there. Did you live here? We, my husband grew up there. We lived there for a year when we first got married, um, which was nice. And then, and now his parents still live there. So we go back to visit. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. We'll start with our first question. And the topic of today is monetizing and juggling Instagram as a mom, wife, uh, Instagram or influencer. And we're going to want to find out all your secrets and tips and I'll share some of the inside information I got about you on how you use your awesomeness and uh, your your platform to do good and to be a great leader in your space and really show up in a very positive way despite you know <laughs> um, expectations people have of people who are super famous and influential. Okay. Okay. So from some inside information based on my sister being in the fashion area, you are the single top biggest drive of sales through your Instagram platform. And just anyone listening, this means that uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uva told me that. Oh, okay. (laughs) She, she seems to have all the data and everything, but Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to sell clothes or accessories or baby clothes to the firm community, you are the go-to influencer for that. Um, so that's super cool and awesome. And I'd love to just find out, how did you get into this? How did you get started? Give us a so, um, Okay, just as like my schooling background, I went to YU Stern. Um, I majored in PR. And when I was living in the city, I interned 
at different fashion PR houses. I wanted to work in fashion PR. And then while I was doing that, I realized I did not want to be in that world. It was very cutthroat and just, you had to put a lot of time and work and get paid like nothing for it. And it was just nothing. It wasn't intriguing to me. I just saw a lot of the fashion industry, like the side of it that is grueling and not fun. And I love fashion, but I was just like, I don't want to work in this. This does not look glamorous and fun. This looks like just not, not a fun job. So um, when we got married, we moved to Philly and my husband was in school and I was looking for like a fashion PR job, like marketing, but I knew it's not what I wanted to do. And anyways, ended up being that there were like none in Philly. So at first for a couple months, I like didn't work and I was really bored. And then I started doing like party planning. And then as I was doing that, I also decided because it's like more of like, you know, random jobs. So I decided to work at J. Crew for fun, like just to like, you know, do something and work in something fashion related. And I was like a personal stylist there. So that was fun to do and to style customers. And then while I was working there, I was like, you know, Instagram, I had Instagram for like basically a year at that point. And I decided I was going to showcase my outfits because I saw people were using Instagram as a way to show off their outfits and their fashion sense. Yeah. We lost you on StreamYard. Oh, so weird. Maybe it's the internet. The internet for some reason is like being funky. We're on such a roll here. I'm sorry. No. But this is being saved, right? Is this being it, saved? It does save. I mean, it, yeah. You the can entire save thing. Okay. So well, at I'll the just... end, what you're going to do is just hit save. Um, and save to gallery. Save now. It will say like, like, go, like save it to go live. And it will save to your actual um, photos. Oh. And what you could do is put the cover photo of like the flyer you use maybe if you'd want to. And then post that as a cover and then say like watch a live or something. Here, it was, I think it's back on now. Um, so anyways, so as, um, it's going back on, I think. Okay, so pretty much um, I was showcasing my outfits and it was just fun and something I just felt like, well, also just to go back, when I was in college, I started an actual blog. It was called Tasteful Effects. And the reason why I named it that was because I wanted something that was like, taste like my taste my style but also not to be just like fashion related i wanted to be like lifestyle so i just like thought of something i don't know and it was actually catching on but then i just felt like i couldn't keep up with it so anyways once i found instagram i was like oh this is an awesome platform to use to showcase instead of like actually blogging just like showcase my style and have fun with it that way so that's how i basically began and then my whole name came about when i was just sitting in like my apartment trying to think of like a cute catchy name that was um, a plan words. And I just thought of like Asia style. And then I was like, Oh, I mean, Asia style. And then I was like, Oh, Asia style. That's like rhymes. It's cute. So that's how it came about. So that was your one and only choice. And it, you hit no, it no, I think there was like a few, but it came to me pretty quickly, which is like, I don't know how it came to me, but I remember just sitting there seeing a few phrases and then being like, Oh, Asia style, like Asia style. And then I was like laughing at it at first. I was like, should I really name it this? And then <laughs> I was like, why not? It's funny. And then it just, you know, Group. I love that. So how did you go from, you know, 100 followers to 1,000, 10,000? Where was the biggest growth spurt, do you think? I want to say like three years ago. Was it three years ago? Yeah, it was like three years ago. Um, I think that, you know, there was a point where Instagram just got like very, it became really well known. And I did a few giveaways, like just to get myself more publicity, I guess, or advertising. Um, but the main thing I think was just that I had grown my following so much because by the time I did like two giveaways, I had about like 38,000 followers or so. And then I did a few giveaways. And then once I guess like, I mean, to me, people ask about giveaways and are like, are they worth doing? And I'm like, you're paying for advertising. Whoever wants to follow you afterwards will follow you. Whoever won't, won't like, to me, if I keep 10 people, it's worth it. If I don't keep any, obviously it's not, but usually I'm saying that you keep a nice handful of them. And I have so many, you know, oh, I have so, so many different types of followers. Um, I think most people think my followers are all Jewish, but I have so many followers that message me all the time and they're not. And it's just really interesting to see because there's also a lot of modest, you know, non-Jews who are either modest or just interested in moms, like in mom life. 
And I guess for myself, I associate my page more as like Jewish related, but I really, I, you know, I, the more I think about it, like there are a lot of, you know, non-Jews who are just interested to see how other moms are juggling having kids and working and whatnot. Yeah. So speaking of juggling and how are moms and Jewish moms juggling everything, take us through your day to day. What does it look like? And Nowadays or in the old days? <laughs> well, let's do both. Take us back and then okay. let's see how it changed. So way back when, <laughs> um, it was more, I'd wake up every day and I'd take, I would try to get dressed early in the morning, but some days I was just so tired that I was just like, you know, my problem is that I do a lot of work at night. So I, I can stay up like all night. I can go to bed like two o'clock in the morning. I've gotten better with that, but you know, some days I go to bed earlier and I, where I just wake up at like seven and get dressed and take James to school and leave the house. Or I would just take him to school, come back home, get dressed, and then go about my day, um, which was obviously a little bit less productive. But, you know, I would still be out of the house by like 10 latest. And um, I would either go to, you know, places where I would go do stories, um, whether it be Brooklyn or the Five Towns, whatever it was. And I would also go do shoots. I think my craziest, craziest time, I remember this, was... Last September, I was so busy. I didn't have a second to myself the entire, it was pre of season. And I didn't have a second to myself. And I remember my in-laws had to come help me, even though I had nannies, because I couldn't even handle with James. And I was just every second of the day, I was working, 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 working. I didn't have time to make dinner. I had literally come home. I would like do more work. I would go to sleep. And I was just like, but I knew it was going to be over after Yontif. I was just like, I need to get through these like three to four weeks and like, it'll all be fine. I look back at that and I have no idea how I functioned. I remember I went to JWE, the, also JWE, the um, social media conference was really, I had to wake up really early to get to that. And I remember driving home from it because it was in Jersey and I was felt so sick and tired. And I was like, I, I don't think I'm going to make it home. And it was just like, I, it's weird because nowadays, I can't even imagine having that feeling because life has changed so much. And I'm like, it's just so weird how, you know, I went from working and running around all the time and being so busy to now doing one thing is like when my kids, it's just, it's so hard. So it's totally, it's totally a change. Um, my work is more spread out. Thank God, you know, I'm still able to work and I, I'm doing the same things, but in a different way, I guess. And obviously more people are just doing things more from home. So, you know, whether it be that companies want you to promote them, they know, I mean, now stores are starting to open up a little bit more, but in general, most things have just been at home. So yeah, I mean, my day to day was just like running around a lot and coming home, doing work at night. So, so stores yeah. or companies and brands would call you up and say, come to our store, feature us. We're going to pay you, or we're going to give you a ton of free stuff, probably changed at one point right so yeah so at the beginning you know as when people start out as influencers like oh free stuff this is so fun and i remember i remember actually one of the first things i got for free the person sent it to me and they're like like i think i even asked them if they wanted to collaborate all they wanted to give me was some ugly hat or at least not my style whatever it was whatever it was and i was like wait did it go is it still there the facebook one no, the Facebook's gone already. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we're so, counting um, on this to save yeah, yeah. because this is going to go on the podcast. It will. Just make sure you hit the right things at the end. Can you also do that or only I can? I don't think so, but just make sure, just read it so you make sure you're hitting the right thing, but it definitely will save. Don't worry. You can also record on your phone if you want. I can? Yeah, you can. I have an Android. Android. Oh, so I don't know how it works, but I'm sure you can. I don't know. I don't know how it works, though. Okay. I'm um, praying to God. <laughs> <laughs> we can redo it and schedule for another five months. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So, um, anyway, so, um, the yeah, so that's me. right. So I remember being like, I don't want like this hat. Like, this is so not my style. Like, what is going on? Like, it felt cool to get the free product, but I knew that it just wasn't for me. So I think, well, so that was the beginning of just getting free stuff and you're taking things and you're just like, okay, it's free, you know, it's content, whatever. But I always tell people, 
I mean, at the beginning when I started out, it was way, it was totally different. But nowadays, I tell people I know people need to take free things in order to get recognition that brands are working with them, and it's true. But it's really important to just only do things that are to your are that you know fit your brands that you like, because otherwise, it's just you can see that the person doesn't really like it and it's not genuine. Um, so. Going back to your question, yeah. So I, you know, you start out with free stuff, and then I guess at a point when I hit ten thousand followers, I realized I should charge people. I think I was charging like one hundred and fifty dollars or something, um, or a hundred dollars, which I guess sounds like a lot, but like I had ten. I mean, it sounds like a lot to some people back then when like no one knew what Instagram was. But I had ten thousand people follow me, and there was like no influencers on Instagram. So now that people, now people would be like, oh my gosh, it's crazy. Like that's that would be like amazing, you know, engagement and whatnot. Um, so over time, the more you grow, the more you charge. And now, of course, you know, if people want to send me free stuff, unless it's like something that, you know, it's for my kids or whatever, I, the answer is always just like, I can't pay my bills with free clothes or, you know, free items. So, and it's also, it's, you put so much work into what you're doing. Like even a try-on session, the things that go on, you know, behind the scenes, even just for a try-on session, sometimes they're really easy and quick. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes a lot of work goes into it, and you know, people don't always realize that. So, I also think, and this is what like, I always say to companies, yeah. What kind of work goes into the try? Well, even for instance, even if like you just need to press a dress, right? Pressing a dress is just tedious work, and like it sounds like it's so stupid, like pressing a dress. You know, like you're doing a try-on session, and you're getting paid for it. But it's not like I'm just unboxing, like opening up the box, putting it on and like, okay, go. It takes time to press each dress or whatever, however items you're trying on. And even like if you're styling it, like if people want you to actually style an outfit, um, that takes more time. Um, it's also like for me, I'm more particular about like where I story from. So if I'm not, if I, I have to make sure that I have items, like if I'm not at my apartment, whatever it is, that like I have a place to do my work, even though I can work from home, if I'm not actually home, I need to make sure there's like a good place to do my work from, you know? For sure. Okay, so then you transitioned into charging people and, and the companies and brands were totally okay with it and they transitioned yeah. with you? Um, yeah, I mean, I think now, I noticed newer companies that come on Instagram, they're still confused by how it works. Um, some off the bat are not, and I'm like shocked by it. I'm like, oh wow, you're like a newer company and you're totally like, you understand how this goes. Um, but this is what I was gonna say actually, companies that don't wanna pay somebody their worth, I find it's just not, it's not even, you always wanna pay the, sorry. Okay, you wanna pay the influencer you're working with what they're worth because you want them to put as much love and effort into what they're doing for you. And, you know, you get what you pay for. So I just, I feel like people or companies when they're, you know, asking influencers for their rates and whatnot. And honestly, like my rates are like surprisingly like very good. Like people are always like pleasantly surprised, but I feel like other influencers I hear, they charge a lot of money, they charge a little bit of money, they should charge more, they should charge less. But companies need to decide on their own who's, who's worth paying what to and what works for them. It's all trial and error. And you may have to pay an influencer the rate they say at the time in order to just see how it goes. They may be willing to budge and go down, but I feel like it's worth it to pay them their amount to see if they're gonna put in the effort, you know, that they would like, because they feel like they're being valued. 100%. And may I ask, like, when you're promoting something, do you feel the pressure of selling it a lot? Like, are you nervous if you, you take money and then they didn't make their so, money back or whatever it is? Yeah, it's funny because um, I feel like everyone has that pressure and they, everyone feels like that, no matter how many followers they have. And like you said at the beginning, you know, I have very high sales, um, thank God. And people... I still worry about it, but then a part of me always tells myself, like, calm down, because I kind of got to the point, and this isn't an egotistical way at all, it's just that I've been so true to my brand that if I'm promoting something, my followers know I like it, because I just don't post things I don't like, so 
it's like I, I can just I'm pretty sure that people are going to purchase things and I post it because you know I'm posting good good items I'm posting things that I like and if I like them my followers will like them which is what goes back to staying true to your brand so that it's almost like you don't even have to push something so hard because people just automatically know like okay you this is you know this is like HSI approved this is whoever approves like you approve it you like it so people will buy it so would you ever say yes to a brand if you didn't want to approve it because the money's so good no no i've turned down lots of companies and they want to pay me and i'm like absolutely not i'm not taking that like no and like people will be like yeah that's also an important thing don't take things just because they're throwing money at you like i have turned down lots of money just because I'm like, I don't care. I will never sell myself. I also feel like every influencer goes through this where at one point they kind of sell themselves out a little bit because they think it's going to be, it's not even, it's just in different situations, not necessarily posting one item. It can be like doing something with a company and you think it's going to go a certain way. And you know, it doesn't always. And then you just learn that like, that you how do I say this? You're not always sure how something is going to turn out. So you're kind of taking a risk more, you know? And I think the more you go through that as an influencer, while you're like kind of not starting out, but not like at a place where you really want to be, you kind of realize and learn that you can't just do things without knowing for sure how they're going to turn out. That's sort of, that's more what I mean. Because even like you're risking your brand, even if you think something's going to come out and be so much better or the way in your head that you think it's going to be, it's not always going to be. And unless you're sure, it's, it's really important to not put, not do certain things unless it, you know it's going to be exactly the way you want it to fit your brand. Exactly. And I'll just point out that's exactly a strategy I use with my clients when they're I tell them to niche down. So like be narrow, cater to one specific thing or two specific things, because then you'll be considered the expert in that place. So when other people come to you and say, I want you to promote this and you love their product or their style. Again, as you said, it's the Asia style approved product and, and people trust you. But if you dilute yourself and you're available to everyone, then, then people won't trust you. So the people who are paying you aren't going to get their money's worth. So that's, right. Right. Yeah, perfect. It's also people are just know, some influencers are just short sighted. All they want is the money. So they take the money and then they're like, great, I got my like X amount of money and I just made a lot of money and I'm I'm good. And then the company's unhappy and they tell other companies, a lot of companies talk also. And they'll tell other companies, Oh, I worked with her, it was awful, don't work with her. And I think the the best thing for me is when companies come to me and they say you know, people ask me where to, who to work with, and I told them 100% you, like, you you are, you know, you gave me so many sales, I got so many followers, this is net, or companies come to me and say, this person told me to work with you, and it just makes me so happy to know that companies are walking away happy working with me, and they're not, listen, is it every single time? I don't know. I'm sure I'm not told, like, the once in a while, maybe there is once in a while there's a bad experience, I hope not, but, you know, I would say as long as most people are walking away happy, you're good. You know, there can be one-offs, but you you want companies to overall be talking to each other and saying like, no, she's great. She, or, you know, they do a great job. They have a lot of sales. Yes. And that is your reputation on the brand fashion street <laughs> in that field that you're very easy to work with. And I'd love to bring that up. You brought up other influencers. You are known to treat other influencers and potentially other competition or like competition people more as collaborators and uh, um, comrade or yeah, camaraderie. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that. There's that camaraderie going on. So, can you speak to that? How did you get to that? And so, I that's think- really unique. Yeah, so I think that um, it's unfortunate. There are a lot of influencers who get threatened by other influencers. You know, I see it even as like sometimes as someone just watching what goes on on Instagram um, or hearing stories. 
it's really upsetting and sad that other influencers feel like they need to bring others down or talk about them behind their back or to other companies even trying to take things away from them. And I just, I don't get it because to me, I'm like, just focus on yourself. If you focus and you have a goal, you will get there. And once you start looking at the other people around you in any field you're in, it's just, it's, it never helps you. It only harms you and takes away the energy that you're putting into your actual job. So it's also that like, you know, you want to be on a team. You want to show that you all are friends and like each other, which is the truth. But then, you know, there are the some that are just like bad-mouthing this one and talking about this one to the other company. And you're like, what? Like, what, what's the point of that? And I think they're, they're living in fear that that influencer is taking away their a job that they could have or money they could be making or they have more fame than the other influencer. And I guess those types of influencers don't understand that the influencers that are that work together, that tell other companies like, hey, you know, companies actually ask me very, very, very often, who are other good influencers to work with? And even ones that I know bad, bad mouth me, like, you know, have said horrible things about me for no reason. And I'm, and I hear about it because the company will tell me and I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, it was shocking. And I will even tell other companies, like, go work with them. They have great sales. They'll give you advertising. Like, it's totally fine. I just don't understand the whole, you know, being competitive because when you're actually, even though, yes, we're all, I guess, quote unquote, competition, because maybe one company will choose one influencer over me, but you know what? The other company will choose me over them for something else. And there are so many companies out there and Instagram and influencers are the way to make money now that I don't understand why people are so nervous that they're going to lose one job. Like, I'm sure I've lost many jobs because this person's cheaper or this person, you know, they just don't want to spend that much money right now, whatever it is. And I don't care. I'm like, whatever, you know, it's, I have my brand, I have my business and whatever everyone else is doing is fine, you know, but I think, I think people just get very caught up and insecure and they also see other people's success. And then when they see other people's success and they're like, I want that, I want that. And they think bringing them down is a way to get it, which is also just not good. Totally. I love everything you're saying because it's that abundance mindset is that it's flowing to you and it's, it doesn't matter where it's going to come from. You trust that it's going to, that it's right. out there for you and that there's enough for everyone. Right. And okay. Right. So All God's hands. <laughs> absolutely. So I'd love to ask you about your kids because I know you involve them in your Instagram brand and that must have been, I don't know, was that a natural thing that just happened? Was that a conscious decision you made? I know it could be I, yeah. touchy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I think that um, that at first it was definitely something that was um, – Something I was unsure about doing because people would say things to me like, don't show your kids, don't show your kids. And I was like, okay, I mean, I guess I shouldn't. I don't know, should I not? And I would just give people background on why you shouldn't show your kids. It's a Jewish thing, right? It's like, um, I don't even bad know. Bad I mean, I think in the non Jewish world, people also say it's just not professional. I don't know. Maybe, no, I think maybe they also just like have like evil eye stuff also. It's not just Jews, right? Is it just Jews? No, I, it's, it's a superstitious thing. Right. Superstitious. Jews yeah. have that. Yeah. I was just right. wondering if it was a professional thing versus a superstition. Oh yeah. So, um, so professionally, obviously, you know, showing kids just means that people are seeing more into your life. People like seeing kids, um, obviously not like an overload of it, but they like to see, you know, into your life, your it's kind of Instagram's like reality TV, you know, I mean, in a small scale, but people just want to see more into like what goes on or, you know, how many kids I have, how old they are. Um, and I think for some people, and it's not just kids though, it's every, it's just life in general. Like some people, some, a person the other day was talking to me about something that she did recently. And I said to her, I'm like, you know, you shouldn't be scared of showing it. Like, it's a nice thing and you can inspire people. It was something that like, she felt like some people may get jealous of, or maybe, you know, people would be like, oh, she's so lucky. Like she has this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's all about the way you show things. If you're showing things in an obnoxious snobby way, then yes, people are going to be like, what's wrong with her? You know, like, why is she doing that? 
But if you're just showing things in like a natural way and you're like, you know, I'm, I'm really happy. Like Rachel Parcell, she's a perfect example. I don't think any, I mean, most people I don't think get bothered by her. She has a very nice life. She has a gorgeous house, beautiful kids, you know, everything. And I, I, when I saw her building her house, I was like, you are, you deserve this. Like you are just, you're so nice. You're so sweet. You're so genuine. And like, you know, of course I'm sure every, like, there was parts of like every girl that was like, oh, she's so lucky. Like, look at that closet and look at this. But, like no one was, you know, I don't think wishing evil on her or wishing bad upon her, you know? Um, I think again, if it's a person who's just showing it just to show off, then so it's the same thing with kids. If you're showing your kids and you're showing it just to show off, then I feel like it is kind of like a bad omen. Like you don't want to do that. As long as I think you have good intentions, to me at least, I think that, you know, you can't you can't overthink things. Absolutely. And I love what you said. And in general, what I love about you is that uh, you are there's a lot of the stuff in in money and when people see other people and their relationship to money or to luxury or to nice things or nice homes, there's a lot of judgment that could happen. And it's mm -hmm. usually it, it it's a projection or reflection of where they're holding with their relationship with money and their programming of money growing up, what their parents taught them about yeah. money. So, yeah. uh, so first of all, it's beautiful how, uh, and I've been searching for this, that's why I'm so happy to be talking to you, because self-made from women, wealthy women who are happy and sharing that beauty with other people instead of being embarrassed by it or we can't show anyone because they might you know, think we're horrible or we're stingy or whatever it is. Is showing that beautiful positive side to uh, the right intentions, the way you said it. So thanks for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even yeah. planning mm -hmm. to talk about that. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask you about how you juggle your content and how much time do you focus on producing it and creating it, and you know what what do you choose to use? What what do you not? not use and then how much time do you spend on that a day okay so it's really funny actually i think i'm the least um what's the word? i no not even calculated i just i really spend very little time on creating content like meaning in terms of actually planning it out i don't overthink things like i said like i just i'm i don't like to overthink sometimes once in a while it's bad but it's shocking how many times I will put something together, like even family shoots and I planned nothing, didn't get anyone matching stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, like why did I do this to myself? Like I'm gonna have nothing to wear, like, you know, or nothing's gonna look the way I wanted it to look. Once in a while, it will bite me and it won't work out well. But overall, I would say it actually ends up working out totally fine. I think cause I'm just not overthinking it. So, you know, with shoots and planning my outfits, I just look at my closet, I grab something, you know, I'll look at a dress, I'll be like, okay, I'll wear these shoes, okay, I'll wear these earrings. Once in a while, I'll spend a little bit more time if I'm just having one of those days where I'm like, I don't know what to wear, I don't know what, what to do, you know? But usually I'm very quick and I just throw it in my like bag or suitcase and I just put everything together and I may just ask the photographer like, oh, what looks better, this or that, you know? But um, even like content on my page, I don't even do that. I, I don't have a pre-planned grid. Like a lot of people have pre-planned grids. I don't even do that. Like I can't deal with that anxiety of knowing I have enough photos or I just, it makes me anxious. So I'm just like, you know what? I, I have a place where I put my pictures first, you know, to see what it looks like before I actually place it on my grid. Um, but I don't plan like seven photos in a row or like five photos in a row. I just, I even storying. I wish I was a person that can just story and save it and post it at a later time and like be more, you know, be better about how I story and make it prettier. And I'm trying to be more like that because I like the look of it, but I'm very like in the moment. So it's a little hard for me to do that. So that was going to be my next question. Does that, is anyone helping you man your social media? So and no one helps me with my social media. Um, well, actually, so yeah, no one helps me with my social, even my DMs. Like I can't have anyone answer my DMs. I'm very OCD about it. I definitely am back. Like my DM requests where people, you know, where you don't have an open chat yet. 
I don't even know at what point Instagram just starts deleting because I constantly go through them and I'm constantly answering, but it gets to the point where like, I'll, because in my regular DMs, I'll just, if I see black, I like will open it up. I'll go through it. Like, you know, every hour I'll probably open it up and I'll just like DM, DM, DM back, especially during the day. Um, and then late at night, but then, you know, going through everything, it's just, it's a lot, but I, I can't ask someone else to answer my questions like for me. If it was basic, yes, I'm gonna answer them, but I just, it's to me, it's like my own customer service, you know, with my followers. I need to know that I'm the one interacting with them, um, which takes a lot of time. I think that's also like something people, I mean, people do recognize it and they know, and it's not, I don't want to say it in like in a way where it's like, oh, it's so annoying because I don't find it annoying. I find it nice that I'm able to interact with my followers. Um, it just, it is time consuming, obviously. Um, in terms of, other stuff, managing other, you know, whether it be campaigns or business, you know, I've, I feel like since Corona happened, I've been very disorganized. <laughs> it's been really hard because I had, my sister-in-law was actually working for me for a little bit and she was doing some stuff for me and working things out that I wanted to start doing with like my website and whatnot. And we were able to get certain things done, but like there was more we want to do and we needed to just kind of get back into it. And I was going to hire another girl to come work for me, but um, now that like also a lot of the college girls are, cause I wanted someone like part-time, like three days a week. And because no one's in college right now and people, you know, no one can be near each other, that didn't happen. And I'm just trying to figure out a way to just like juggle things and expand the ways I want to expand. I'm working on different projects. I have things I want to do. Um, I'm going to ask wanted... you about them. <laughs> so one of them, I won't talk actually, well, I won't talk about them because I don't want people to know yet. And I don't want to even talk about it. Not even because I don't want people to know when someone's going to steal my idea. Like go ahead, steal my idea. See, I don't, I wouldn't even care if someone did because I know I have my followers and they'll come to me because, you know, they like my stuff. Um, but it's more that I don't want to say it out loud because I feel like if I don't actually do it, I'll feel like a failure. <laughs> so I'm, I'm trying to just like do it and just, it's going to take a little bit more time than I wanted to, but it's okay. And I, it will happen when it happens. Um, but Anyways, wait, what were we just talking about? Would you ask me again? Now I'm like. Well, we're talking about your health. If you have. Right, we're right. So I'm, tr I'm hoping that, I mean, supposedly things may not go back to normal in the fall, but I'm trying to basically figure out ways to maybe just delegate stuff. Um, even my swipe ups, I used to have an intern that did my swipe ups and my sister-in-law refused to do my swipe ups because she it takes it. so much time. She's like, that's the one thing I'm not doing. I'll do everything else. I'm not doing that. And I was like, fine, I'll do the swipe ups. Um, it's also, it's, it takes time and it's also just, you know, it's nitty gritty stuff that is just, it's not fun. You know, she, she also was more tech savvy. So she wanted to do like more website stuff, but, um, I get intern requests all the time, like people want to work for me or, you know, learn. And I would love to have more people working with me, but it's hard. I'm really, it's also really hard for me to delegate people. And that's the one thing about running a business where, you know, you want to expand, but then you have to start delegating. And that is where I need to just learn to just let it go. <laughs> so we'll see, we'll see what happens. There, it's a very hard step, especially when your brand is literally you. So that that's how it separates right. exactly very often from like if you Sorry, were offering a service, no problem. If you were trying as that, if you were offering a service <laughs> or a product, you could have people right talking logistics. But if you are your brand, you are the product and service. Then right, exactly. I understand how that could get tricky. I think but a good person to, to look at that actually was, that did a good job doing it. Um, well, I mean, Rachel Parcell has a team. A lot of influencers who are bigger have teams. Like something Navy, she said, you know, one of her biggest things was delegating. And she, at first, couldn't really deal with, you know, other people doing things that she was used to doing. And she's like, I just had to let it go and know that they were doing their jobs. Because also when you're paying people, and it's their job, they're gonna they're gonna wanna do a good job. You know, they wanna grow with the team, they want it, they wanna do a good job, they they want you to do they want to do well for you. So it's also finding the right person to like the right people or person to work for you. You have to make sure you trust them. So yeah. That's big. Yeah. Well, if you you could have them right sign some NDAs or other stuff. Well, like no, for sure you have to, but <laughs> 
no, but still, even like, I don't know, I get very like creeped out with like password stuff, um, whether it be Instagram or even just like my shop style, you know, like people can go in and have access to my sales and you have to just know you trust the person to not show, you know, their friends like, oh my God, do you see how many, how much clothing she sold this month? Like, you, just, you know. Do you prefer affiliate relationships, like affiliate or where you're paid overhead, a, a sponsorship, and then you promote it? It's and definitely just better. Just to people. Uh, affiliate means difference. that. Yeah. So affiliate is when you link items to um, a website and they can track your sales. So if a company says to me, we only work through commission, um, I don't usually like to do that. And I'll tell you why, because when you're working with an influencer, especially someone who I know my following is, is strong and I know that if I'm even just tagging you, you're going to gain followers, you're going to gain advertising. Um, just giving me an affiliate. I mean, it depends on the commission, but usually they want to give you like an amount that's not so significant or it doesn't match your worth. You know, it obviously depends on the person or the influencer, but for me, I just find that, you know, even if I can sell a lot, it's not, sometimes I can make a ton of money because the item they're selling isn't so expensive. So I'm likely to sell, I shouldn't say a ton of money. Like that sounded like so I don't even no, know. But like, you could what have a lot of sales. Right. Like I'm saying, like I had a lot of sales and I ended up making way more money than I thought I was going to make. Um, and it was way more than what I was going to charge them up front. And, you know, this happens sometimes, but it's because the item is cheap enough where I know I'm going to make a lot of sales. But when it's for something that I'm not sure and a company wants to just work with me and they're like, oh, we only work with affiliates. Um, it's just, it's not always worth it for me. But sometimes it is. I think it really depends situation, like on the situation with, how much item costs, um, and how like how much you think, how many sales you think your followers, how many people will purchase? I guess um, if it's something you're not sure, but you know you're going to be advertising, you know you're going to get new followers. I think just you know it's better to charge a fee. And if they say like we you know we got so many sales from you, it was awesome, thanks so much. Then maybe next time say okay like um, we could do commission next time then. Okay. Well, I love that. And we did touch upon this a little bit, but so I know you're not going out to stores and locations, but how has COVID affected your, um, your business right now? Because people may have lost their jobs, but has shopping stayed the same? So I think, well, I would say June, is it June now, July? July is kind of actually a very slow month usually. So for a second, I was like, is July slowing down because of COVID? And then I realized, I'm like, no, it's always slow because it's preemptive. Um, so people are getting ready for the holidays. And then it's also like, I mean, listen, people are always promoting. Like I have my consistent promotions. Um, shopping wise, also even in stores, like the clothing starts to, the amount of clothing that comes into stores starts to die down a little bit. You know, people are not ready to shop for yet. So in terms of like my swipe ups, actually, um, my, my swipe ups were, I mean, people would ask me, my parents would be like, are people still shopping? And I'm like, yeah, they are. And they're like, really? And it's just like, yeah. Like, I mean, like, I think everyone's at fault for shopping during COVID. I think at first, um, we were all shopping for, as much as I was like, oh, I'm not buying anything. Like, what am I buying? I'm living at home, you know, like we're at home. But people were looking for sweatsuits and they were looking for like even candles, things to make being at home a little bit less depressing. So stuff like that also, then it would like pace off and then, you know, summer was starting and then things started to open up. Um, and I think just, I think that right now, again, I also have a lot of followers. So because I have so many, the followers that are still able to shop are shopping. The ones that can't, um, you know, they may not, they may not, may not be shopping, but overall it doesn't seem like there has been any even even when I look at like stores and like what's going on and companies tell me like oh our stores just open it's it's booming I'm like oh okay I guess people are just still you know going the same way I don't know yeah so I think we can't we can't have a full conversation without touching upon this topic and the topic being judgment uh, of others and your followers or people who don't follow you. How do you deal with that? And yeah, how does that affect your life, your family life? Mm, I don't really, 
think about it so much, honestly. I kind of just, I am who I am, take it or leave it, you know? I don't think anyone should ever judge anybody for anything. Um, I mean, listen, I think everyone judges some people based off of like things they see that are, maybe some people are shocked by certain things people post on Instagram. I don't think I'm posting anything that's so shocking. Like if you're gonna judge me for what I wear, I don't care. Like there are people who, you know, there's all different types of people. There are people who are really, really nice and super modest and they're amazing people. And there are people who are really, really modest and not good people. And, you know, I just, I, my point is like, it doesn't, you can't judge a book by its cover. I know girls who are pants and they're like, quote unquote, like rabbit things and they're super religious about things that people I know who don't dress nicely are not at all, you know, um, strict about. So. I think, you know, just everyone does, does everything in their own way. And I don't think anyone can really judge anyone for that because it's no one's business, I guess. Love that. <laughs> just eliminate it from your life and then you don't have to deal with it. I mean, um, listen, everyone, everyone cares what people think to an extent. Like you don't, but I wouldn't post things that I'm going to be like, oh, am I, am I embarrassing myself? Like, I just don't even post that type of stuff on Instagram because I don't want people to like start judging me or making comments about me, you know, like, so I do care that people don't talk about me or be like, Oh my God, did you see she blah, 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 blah. blah. But you, you know what I mean? No, hundred percent. And I also think it's important as long as the people who are important to you and are your support system, your family members that as long as they accept you, doesn't matter that Joe Schmo right. or, you know, doesn't like or approve what you're doing. Right. Right. Exactly. So I'm still a little bit confused on how a few uh, giveaways got you to 80. I feel like if, if they're like, well, I think three. that was like the, the, the point where like, okay, I got like a jump in, the, in my followers. And I was like, hey, I'm going to lose. And then I lost a lot. But then I saw that my numbers would grow because I think people, they, again, judge a book by its cover. So they'll see someone with a lot of followers and they'll be like, oh, this person has a lot of followers. Like, maybe. And then they'll, listen, they'll go to the page and they see if they have good content or not. But um, I just noticed that, like, the, the followers I was getting, um, it was just diverse. And people, like, even now, I'm like, when I talk to followers and, you know, they're, from a different background, I'm like, oh, it's so interesting. And I wonder, I'm like, how did they find me? Like, I'm, you know, you never know how anyone finds anybody. It could be from a company. It could be from a giveaway. It could be from giveaways also for companies. They give people sales. Um, I think they're a great way to get a boost if you want to jump your numbers up a little bit so that you, like, there are people I see who will buy followers and they think doing that is going to bump up their following. And I always say this, I'm like, buying followers is not a way to bump up your following. First off, there is technology for companies to see if you bought followers, if you bought likes. So it's very stupid to do that. Second, um, your engagement is shot then because, or it's not that it's shot, your engagement is just much lower compared to the amount of followers you have because those people are never engaged on your page. So it's not even, it's not worth it. Um, so at least again, like if you do a giveaway and you want to jump up your numbers, it's good to do it again to, to get more people, more eyeballs on your page. And the ones who don't want to stay will leave. And the ones who, you know, who do, they'll start interacting with you hopefully. And you'll see, you'll get, you know, new followers and it will hopefully be good. Um, but I think because of that, like I started more, more and more Jewish girls started to follow me and they were like, Oh, like this girl Asia style. And then I just like got more and more and then just grew. So cool. And what would you say the most effective giveaways are? Um, like the gift what do you mean? I mean, obviously the bigger the prizes, I would say the more effective. It also depends on who's in the giveaway. Um, you want to do it with a cat with, with, you want to do a giveaway where there are accounts that are, you know, better, they have good followings. Um, you have to just kind of like do a back, like a due diligence check to see who's in it because you don't want to do the giveaway and they can have amazing prizes, but then like you're not getting that many followers because of the fact that the people who are pushing, who are, you know, the, I guess they're called a hostess. 
or the hosts, I don't know, they're, they're the ones basically pushing their followers. And so if they don't have a good, a good amount of followers or good engagement, because you also have to be careful that the people who are the hosts are not fake followers also. You know what I mean? So many things. Which so can happen. <laughs> yeah. And bigger prizes are what? Like a shade doll, money? Tickets. Nowadays, it's a shade doll, a laptop, um, a, a whole assortment of things. You know, clothing. It's just, it's like one's not enough. Sometimes they do multiple winners, but they make it a much bigger giveaway so that people want to enter. And it's actually really cool because... I've done some with a friend um, who runs giveaways and I really don't like doing them so often, but she'll like ask me to do it. I'm like, fine, I'll do it. And it's interesting because you see the winners are like real people. And like, I want to enter the giveaway, but I feel like I can't even for my own personal account because it's not fair, but I don't know why it's not fair. Cause like, I'm not, you know what I mean? Right. I'm like, why can't I enter? But like, they're, they're awesome prizes. So, um, it's definitely like worth worth entering. Um, but yeah, so companies, I mean, I think also for companies, like a lot of companies I'll see in the chat will say like, I got so many, you know, people on my website tonight. It was awesome. I'm so happy where I got like so many, I got like a boost in sales. This is great. It's not just the amount of, like see for me, I actually say, I'm like, I don't care so much about the, the number of followers I gain. I care about the engaged followers I gain. And I want people who, like my style and of course we're going to want to shop my site box or you know shop things i post from companies because it's that's like i'm selling for companies so it makes me look better but also um it just it's better it's better for me to just have engaged followers not people who are just there just because they they just want to follow another account right a hundred percent someone asked how do you know if it's fake followers should i respond to that yeah, um, there's technology that companies have, but you have to buy it. The fake technology or the apps are not accurate. Um, one time I checked a girl I know who has no bought followers and my, my things like, you know, we both, um, I checked both of our things and like a few others and the people that didn't have any bought followers, it was totally not accurate. It said like their authentic following was like 78%, but I realized that to them that was a hundred percent. Like, according to the app, like 78% meant 100, basically. And the people who actually had fake followers, it was like 42% or something. So I was like, okay, I had to, I kind of learned from that. But I realized that apps, if a company uses an app, and it's not really, I, at least this is what I saw, it's not accurate. And I'm in a chat where I've seen people talk about this, like a business chat, and they say, like, if you use those, it's just not going to be 100%. Um, it could be that the one, the, the technology that the, or the programs that companies pay for are not 100% accurate also, but I would think they are because they're paying for it and it's probably expensive. But um, wait, all right, so how do you know? So if you actually go through people's likes or followers, um, you will see like a huge list or just a, what do you call that? Like a burst, not a burst, what do you call it? Whatever, like a whole long amount, a big amount of random accounts that follow 3,000 accounts, 2,000 accounts. Sometimes they're like weird names, sketchy looking men it's you can usually tell um what else it's just sometimes they'll have like photos and the photos will be like selfies but it's like a bunch of selfies that's also a big i think telltale sign of it um you can usually just like see you'll you'll know when you see it i will say that once in a while regular like i mean influencers who have never purchased like my friend once was like i just got a random spurt of like weird sketchy accounts in my following did it happen to you and I was like no and randomly I do think Instagram like there's like weird glitches or something where you'll get like 10 sketchy looking pages out of nowhere and like I'll just block all of them because you don't want companies to one think you like purchase 10 followers it's not even worth it and it's just also it's creepy um so if that ever happens to you if you're a business or even an influencer and you don't know what it is just block them because it just looks bad. Interesting. Uh, so I know you started giving advice, but if you had one piece of advice for anyone starting out or, and maybe we could simplify it as, is that something people would should want to strive to be an Instagram influencer? Is that sort of, did we 
already go through that. Like, uh, unless you're already an Instagram influencer, you can't really get there or it's not worth it because of the saturated space now. That's my question. You're saying like, is it is it hard, you're saying, for people to become? Well, are you late to the game, basically? Is that something people should right. still wanna do? And if not, what advice, or if yes, what advice do you have? I think it depends on what type of community you're gearing towards. Um, I think in the Jewish world, there's always room. And, you know, I think it's about if you really believe in yourself and think you have something to show people and you have great style or whatever it is, I think, you know, it's it's not too late. I think you just need to stay strong. I'm trying, like, you know who's a good example? Doreen from LA. You know who that is? Um, so she started out, like, I want to say a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago or so. She's this cute girl from LA, and she had, like, I remember I started following her, like, 1,700 followers or like 2,000 or something. And I was like, oh, this girl's so cute. And I think that people now, she had, she, you know, does things to her own beat. She doesn't pay attention to, you can tell. I mean, like, this is at least what I think. I don't know if it's 100% true, but it doesn't seem like she pays attention to what other influencers are doing. It seems like she just does things on her own. She doesn't care. She does giveaways, you know, to gain some followers and like, but that's, that's not bad because she's gaining a Jewish audience. So if she does, if she gains, like, I think, right. And tell me if I'm wrong, but she's just like true to who she is. And she, you know, has built up, I would say a page. Okay. Sorry. We're back. Okay. I think that was the one hour. Cut off. Yeah, it was. I didn't realize. Okay. So anyways, um, well, should we wait for people to come back on before we continue so people don't ask, like, where we left off? Uh, they can watch time. the replay. Oh, right. That's true. I forgot. Okay. So anyways, um, yeah. So so basically, she built up her page and, like, you know, she has 11,000 followers. Is that, you know, 50,000? No, but she's just staying strong to who she is and what her own um, style is. And, you know, it, to me, it just shows, like, she doesn't care about – she was never – she never looks afraid of starting out and being, you know, small or not being able to get somewhere. And I think that's just how you have to be. You have to just not be worried about, am I, am I not going to have like 20, you know, like there are girls who have been stuck. I see at like 25 or, you know, thousand followers, which is fine. Like at a point, I guess people kind of get like, you know, at a, they get to a place where they don't, you know, they're not growing as much. But I think that if you just keep, pushing and trying and doing new things, your following will grow and grow. I do think it's harder once you get to a certain place. Like for me, I've been like stuck at 80 to 83 and like, I don't know why I mean, I don't even know what my number is now, 82.5, I don't even know. And I think it's 82.5. Um, and, you know, I'll see myself go up and down in yo-yo and followers and I'm like, I'm gaining so many followers, but then why am I losing followers? And I'm like, if I'm losing, there are probably people who just don't care to follow an influencer. It's fine, I don't care. Or people who maybe I did a giveaway and they, they're losing from a giveaway. And it's, again, like, fine. But I've noticed that growing in big numbers is so hard these days when you, unless you're, like, really on top of your your um, content and everything. And for me, at least, it's hard these days to be super on top of certain things. I'm also, I'm not content where I am, but I, you know, I know I have my niche. I have my following. I'm not trying to be, they're, they're um, non, or not say non-Jewish, but there are girl influencers in the regular world who have like 300,000 followers because all they did was giveaways and, you know, companies would be like, oh, I worked with them and they were horrible, but they're charging companies so much money because they give content and like these companies just basically view them as just like content creators, I think, or, you know, just even advertising, but I don't think they're even able to give nearly what girls who have like niches, who have a niche following are able to give. And even, you know, when companies ask me like who, what other pockets of people are good to work with. And I tell them, I'm like, you know, there's not just Jews, there's other, you know, types of religions that have really strong followings. They have awesome influencers and I follow them and they're really cool to follow. And I think it's about like also finding if you want to expand, maybe like finding other 
um, communities that can relate to yours, whether it be like the modest community, um, a Mormon community, you know, a different type of, I don't know, Christian community that's modest. So I think people just shouldn't be scared of, you know, I only have a thousand followers. Like, should I even do this? Is it worth it? But also it's important to stay true to who you are. It's, you don't want to, I mean, and also not just see influencers doing things. And like I said last night, it's like lately people will message me and they're like, you know, this person keeps copying you. And I'm like, what? I don't even notice it, but then people keep telling me. And then like, it gets to a point where it starts to get creepy and you're like, okay, this is getting a little much. Like how they copying you? I don't want to say because it's so many things to the point where I'm like, this is getting really creepy and people have told them to stop, but they don't really care. It seems like, and to me, I'm just like, it's, I don't mind it because one, you're just, it's flattery, I guess. (laughs) Like people are like, she just wants to be you. And I'm like, okay. Um, and they, their followers see it though. So I'm like, it doesn't really matter that you're doing it. It's just that you're turning, it's a turn off to your followers. Your followers are, are talking about it. They're messaging other people. And like, I also feel like it's just a bad way to start yenting. Like, we don't want people talking about like, oh, this person, blah, blah, blah. Like, again, just stay true to who you are, you know, march to your own beat. And that way there's less Sasha and Hara and people are just can stick to their own. Totally. I love that. So let's close up with this. What are you working on next? And as you mentioned before, you're not truly content where you are in a good way, in an ambitious way. Can you tell us what's, is Instagram it for you or are you working on new things? And it's funny, I keep saying that like, I'll jokingly be like, oh, when I retire. Well, I first wanna write a book, I've decided, which I need to start doing. Um, I. I want to write a book in a safe way where I'm able to share my experiences being an influencer and seeing, I don't want to do it in a way where it seems like I'm being, you know, nasty because I have no intentions of being like that or where people think I'm like trying to insinuate certain things about others or whatever. I, I want it to be a way for people to understand that it's almost an unnecessary, um, like competitive world for no reason, I feel like. And the craziest stories that go on that you're just like, people can't even understand. Like when I tell people stories that go on and I'm like, I can't believe this person did this to me. And they're like, what? Can you give us an example? No, I can't. (laughs) (laughs) Only the book will have them. (laughs) It's just like things that, you know, you feel like everyone is, you would think that other people or influencers are just, going about their business, like every, you know, like most of us and just doing their thing. But in actuality, there's things going on behind the scene. And it's just mind boggling that people really just want to do evil to others, not evil, but like just bad. Like, it's just, it's scary. And I'm like, how do people live their life focusing on hurting others? It's just crazy to me. Um, so whatever, but that my book would be more like on a, I don't really know what it would be about yet, but I definitely, I'm not a good writer. I'll say that, but I definitely want to write a book, but I would only publish it if it was actually well-written, which could take 10 years. So we'll see. But aside from that, um, I am working on just doing things off of Instagram while still being on Instagram because I, I, you know, it's, it's, I, I like Instagram. I like being on it. But I want to just expand and just do new things and I'm still working on what and when I have the time to really sit down and like, which I've done a few times already, but it takes so much effort to do anything, you know, especially nowadays, like, you know, anyone who's working from home, it's very hard. So I'm hoping and praying that I can actually just like sit down after I finish filing my taxes tonight, which is another thing. Because it's like, you better send me your stuff. I'm like, okay, I'll do it. Um, but yeah, so that's also, it's like running a business. You have all these things you need to take care of. And um, yeah, it's just a lot. Absolutely. It sounds, it sounds like an exciting future. It sounds like you do have some exciting things you're working on. So I'm looking I forward hope. to it. <laughs> well, I'd love to talk to you about it after privately. Yeah. Like, we'll or talk. some other day. <laughs> Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And just for anyone listening out here, we're going to, I'm going to convert this and it's going to be posted onto my podcast, The Francisca Show, where we have conversations and I'm so, so honored we've had, we had this conversation, but conversations with uh artists entrepreneurs creatives in the jewish world specifically women even though we have been expanding Mm -hmm. so thank you so much for honoring us with your presence and sharing so many interesting tips and there's just so much to learn from you and uh, i'm just so happy your listeners and some and my listeners get to see that you know you're such a public person in so many ways to see that business side of you that you know, all the other stuff that people don't get to see, the thought process, the struggles, the competition, or the or the bad-mouthing that's happening and that you have to deal with and how all this impacts your family life because this is so intertwined. Um, so I'm so happy we were able to reveal the behind the scenes of Eliana's life. Of your life so. mm-hmm. Okay, um, thanks for having me. It was so fun. Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I hope you enjoyed and found this conversation to be super valuable. I know I did, and I'm so grateful to have had it. If you don't follow Asia Style yet, please do check her out on Instagram and follow her. So if the focus before has been sharing the stories and giving women a platform to share, now I'm focusing more on how the information how their experiences can be educational for everyone else. So here's a perfect example of someone who is from, who has created something that did not exist and who is earning a nice income from it and who's not embarrassed of it. And this is just what I love. This I love this so much. And if you love this too, let me know. Because I'm really tired of the whole starving artist thing. I'm tired of the whole, you need your husband who can support your lifestyle so you can create your passion project. So if you're tired of this too, let me know. Let's talk. Let's turn your art into a business. And I'm not saying I'll turn you into an Asia style. Well, if that's something you want to do, we could definitely work toward that. And that can be your goal. But... I do want to hear your goals, and I would love to show you how you can really achieve them. It is possible. Yes, you are a woman. Yes, you are from. Yes, you are an artist and a creative spirit. And yes, you can earn money from this. And I'm sorry if I'm a broken record, and I'm not sorry for being a broken record. I think what I'm doing is really important, and I hope you are with me on this. And I hope you join us next time. Have a great, great week.